Thanks for tuning in to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and you're listening to Management Decisions, a show where we bring in high-level executives and professionals from a wide collection of businesses to discuss what goes on at the top of the food chain. And today we are talking about how to manage volunteers. And joining us is Joan Ginsberg, and she is a certified HR specialist, employment lawyer, and social media fanatic. So, Joan, what is your experience with volunteering and managing volunteers? I do have experience on both ends of that line, if you will. Mm -hmm. I started out my career as a police officer, and one of my assignments when I was a police officer was as the administrative aide to the chief, which essentially meant running his special programs. One of those programs was called Neighborhood Watch. You may have heard of it. Mm -hmm. As part of managing that program, we had a huge citizen volunteer contingent as well as some of our police officers who volunteered their time within that program. So I managed about, I'd say, 125 to 150 volunteers at any given time in that program. I've been on the other side of the coin as well as a, I call myself a volunteer junkie. I do a lot of volunteering. I enjoy it. I find it very rewarding. Right now, most of my volunteering is done in the animal rescue and shelter space. I also volunteer for a lot of human resource groups, more of a professional development kind of of volunteering. Um, I, I even am the, on the board of directors of my homeowners association. So we manage uh, the community, about a community of about 600 home sites, and we help develop the community and the interests for the people in that community. So I do have management experience, I say, on both sides. So have you noticed on you know both sides of the table that there are a lot of organizations that really aren't managing their volunteers effectively? I would say based on my experience that most mm-hmm. <laughs> organizations that utilize volunteers, of course, most for-profits do not, but most organizations that utilize volunteers really, really struggle to manage them particularly well. And it's a shame because those volunteers walk away when they're not managed properly. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're here today. We're here to give people who want to have volunteers those tips on how to manage them effectively. So before we dive into that, how do organizations really benefit from having volunteers on staff and utilizing volunteers for different projects? Well, again, volunteers tend to be in the nonprofit space. So if Mm -hmm. you are of any kind of a nonprofit organization, a government, a government doesn't make money. They um, often use, utilize volunteers, Um, you know, social social uh, good type organizations, people that do charity type organizations, they are very dependent on volunteers. As I mentioned, I work in animal rescue and shelters. These are all nonprofits. Not only do they benefit from using volunteers, most of them cannot operate Mm -hmm. without volunteers because they do not have the budget. So volunteers are not just a benefit to them, but they are a necessity to them. And these are the people that need to do a better job, perhaps, in managing their volunteers because that is the entire lifeblood of their organization. That, uh, it's, mo- it's way more than a benefit. It's, it's a necessity. Okay. So why is it important to recognize that managing volunteers is much different than managing someone like a paid employee? Like, where does that line differ and how can you kind of cater your management style to volunteers? The difference in that line, they both need a lot of things, again, not, not all organizations even manage their employees very mm-hmm. well, unfortunately, and that's a very unfortunate thing. But managing employees sometimes is, you can do it badly and still have employees because the employees have needs. They need a paycheck. And many mm-hmm. people work, um, if you look at the stats, you know, a lot of people are working at places that they dislike intensely, but they're doing it because they need the money. Right. I mean, that's just the bottom line. 
volunteers are quite a bit different because they do not volunteer to get money. They volunteer because there's some type of a passion within them and they want to help. And those are the people that are going to walk away. Unlike paid employees, if you mismanage them, a lot of them don't go anywhere until, you know, until the better opportunity comes along because they're stuck. That's not the same for employees. And that's why the same attention that you pay to managing your employees needs to be paid to managing your volunteers because they will walk away when they are not properly managed. Why should they stay if they can use that same passion in another capacity or at a different organization, they're going to go there if they feel harmed by the way you're handling them. So there's a, there's a huge difference in that respect. They both need to be managed well, but when you don't manage employees well, sometimes you still have them and they stick around. The same is not true. Right. One of the things that I've kind of heard based on the you know, chatter around the internet is that one of the biggest deterrents for people joining an organization or trying to volunteer for a company or a nonprofit or a government organization is the fact that they require membership before you can join. And sometimes that membership process can be like really drawn out or, you know, maybe they have to have a training, but, you know, the training is only available during the week time when you're at work or you have other obligations. Is this a good practice from a management standpoint for, you know, keeping volunteers engaged and keeping them coming in and keeping them interested? Well, it, actually, that's a little bit two different issues there. Membership is actually a really necessary thing for certain organizations. Again, I, I do a lot of work in the human resource development type space, and you want those people to be members of your organization because if you open it to everybody and anybody can join, you're going to get uh, car salespeople or insurance salespeople who come and join, not because they're interested in developing the profession, but because they want to sell you something. So it, it, membership it is, in fact, a good thing depending on the type of nonprofit organization you are running. But if you are not, if you run something on a broader basis, again, like the animal rescue situation where there's no membership, you don't need people. You, you, you may need training and orientation and you may need things done, but you do have to understand that you can't make it hard for those people to be a part of that organization on a volunteer basis. Same thing we said before, because if it's too hard for them to get in the door, they're not going to come or they're going to try to come. And then when, it, when the process becomes too overwhelming, they're going to walk away saying, right now I can tell this is not the place I want to you know, give my valuable time to. So it, it's not necessarily a bad thing depending on the organization. Sometimes it's a very necessary thing, but certainly not all organizations need it. And even when you do require it, it needs to be a process that is, again, that helps the interested person become the member or become the part of it. It's not something that you need to use it to turn away the people that don't belong, yes, but don't turn away the people that you want to come. That definitely makes sense. And I think that's a good tip that you share that, you know, you want to be effective in how you are managing this kind of approval system and, you know, who you allow to come in because you certainly don't want people to join your organization just to get sales leads. So, you know, when you have someone coming in and they're volunteering, whether they're volunteering for a day or for a long-term basis, you know, they're giving their time and their skills. So as a manager, what can you do to effectively manage that time for those individuals? And, you know, do you, should you have a clear kind of like job description or how do you kind of go about that? I think that you sh the job description and, and the time management, those things I think are very, very important. This is the same type of a thing that any employment lawyer will tell you to have for your employees. Any HR person will tell you that they do for their employees. And I say that what you do for your employees is exactly what you should do for your volunteers. Don't treat them like they're some kind of a second class 
member of your organization because, again, most organizations right. require them. So, you, yes, job descriptions, time management, clear indications of what you expect from them. You know, uh, this type of a, a volunteer position takes two hours a week and we need you to be available during certain things or we need this, this done from you. A lot of it is communication, which is really a lot of how you effectively deal with your employees too, making sure that your expectations from them are clear and making sure that they have the skills and ability to do those things. You know, some volunteers don't fit in all positions. Don't expect that they're going to do a good job for you if you haven't somewhat said to them, what can you do and what would you like to do and why would you like to do it? So, you know, the process is really very, very similar to what you would do for your employees. Make sure that you have spoken to them, screened them, communicated with them what you're looking for, ask them what they would like to get out of it, and, you know, here's how we think we can get that done together. That definitely makes sense. So I'm just kind of wondering, obviously a volunteer is volunteering. They're doing it for free out of their own goodwill. So they're not really obligated to do anything. So as a manager, how do you kind of communicate, you know, these are my expectations. This is what I'm looking for in this role. So what? how do you kind of, you know, manage, well, what do you do if like a volunteer is like, well, I don't want to do ABC, but I definitely want to do XYZ of this role. How do you kind of manage that? Again, I think that a little bit of that depends on the organization, too. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to split that into two? Or is there a way to ask the person, I, I appreciate that. Like you say, yes, they, they don't have to be there. But we have to go back to remember, why did they walk in? They walked in the door to you. You know, most of the time, they came to you. Why did they do that? Because they have an interest, they have a passion, they have a heart, they want to see, you know, see whatever your goal is, you know, be achieved. So I think that you would find with volunteers, it might be even easier to speak to than employees in that sense. You know, we need somebody to do these five things. Well, I can do three, but I can't do two of them. Okay, well, maybe we can find somebody else to do the other two. Or maybe you can do those two for a short period of time until, you know, we find somebody else. You know, there's all kinds of ways to do that if you are thoughtful and open to that. But if you're a little dictatorial and say, no, A, B, C, D, E, this is it or this is, you know, there's nothing, then, you know, you're going to have to be prepared to not get the best people doing the best things. That makes sense. So that kind of brings me to my next question. You know, as a manager, how do you support your volunteer staff when they're on the job? You know, they might start off doing, you know, all the roles and all the responsibilities of the role, but maybe it's too much or maybe they just can't give all that time. So as a manager, how do you support them to ensure that they're happy doing their volunteer role and that they continue to be happy in that role? I say, again, the same thing that you might do to employees. How do you, mm-hmm. how do you show that you see that your employees are actually happy do, because happy employees stay, you know, and, they, right. and, and they're going to look to leave if you don't. It's really the same kind of thing. You can do surveys. You can, um, you know, you can... Drop in on them. I've worked at several volunteering in several places where I never saw anybody. After, you know, after the initial process, I would go do my volunteer work and leave. Um, I'm thinking of one animal shelter in particular. Nobody from that organization had a clue what I was doing. Never talked to me. They also had some issues with the paid staff versus the volunteers. But I wasn't engaged in anything. The only way I was engaged in anything was what I, you know, what, what I did for myself when I was there. That's not the right approach. You know, the approach is to, to say, hey, how can we continue to help you? How are you feeling about this? But again, a good manager would ask their employee the same types of questions. So it is the same type of a thing. A lot of it is communication communicate Mm -hmm. with them, give them opportunities to communicate with you. 
That makes sense. And I really like how you're kind of creating these parallels between how you manage an employee and how you manage a volunteer, but there still are some distinct differences there. This is kind of what I think might be a sticky situation. How do you kind of control the quality that your volunteers are doing? You know, you might have one volunteer that just exceeds all your expectations, but then there's another one who just needs a little bit of a push to get up to the level of work that you need them to be at. How do you kind of have that conversation with them? Because you obviously don't want to, you know, hurt any feelings or you know, come off as too critical. But at the end of the day, you still need to control the quality of that work. That is a hard thing to do. I will be the first one to admit to you that that's not an easy fix if, if you are saying, hey, you know, this volunteer just isn't doing what needs to be done. One of the effective things that I've seen happen with that is maybe to take that volunteer that's, you know, doing 120% and have them help the other volunteer. That way it's not, there's not so much, you know, tell the worker what to do, you know, types of, of variables, but maybe, hey, you know, um, I'm here to help you as a co-volunteer. They, you know, the other, the, maybe the lesser performing volunteer might not see such a threat from the other volunteer because they're both there, like you say, you always have to remember they're there for free. You know, they're there doing something just because they're trying to benefit the organization. So that's one way that you might be able to do it. But the same, you do have to kind of walk in little kid gloves and you have to always remember in the back of your mind, hey, this person is here to help me. So when I approach them, how can I help them? They're, they're here helping me even when they're, maybe they're not doing as much as I think that they could be doing. Go ask them. If you, if you can find, I actually did that one time as a volunteer. They mm-hmm. actually had me come in and help other volunteers with the job. This, I'm going back to another animal shelter again. They actually had me come in and help the volunteers. And I might say, hey, you know, you might want to think about this instead of that. Or, you know, if you're complaining that the paid staff isn't helpful, you know, here's, let me introduce you to some of them that will help you and that kind of a thing. So that might be a way to do it. One thing like maybe to go to other volunteers and, and kind of use them as a buffer between you and the dictatorial management with the wielding a stick. Or right. maybe it's just to try to put down the stick mm-hmm. and be a little more helpful and a, a little more open to why they're having issues. Again, it's communication. I really like that example that you shared of kind of, you know, maybe being a little bit more gentler in your approach and pairing them with another volunteer. And I think one thing that's important when um, volunteering is getting that recognition from the organization that you're volunteering with. Why do you think that that recognition is so important? And what can you do to recognize your volunteers? I mean, does it have to be a huge grand gesture? Can it be something small and just, you know, as as simple as a thank you? I think that grand gestures are nice, but I don't think grand gestures are nearly as effective as those small gestures. You hold a dinner for your volunteers once a year. This is a really common thing that I see happen. You know, we we, we honor all of our volunteers at a dinner. Okay, and then three-quarters of your volunteers can't make it, you know, Mm -hmm. because they're busy. They have lives. And that's the basically the only time you, you, you pat your volunteers on the back, you know, for an entire year. I think that's entirely the wrong approach, and, and I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but you go back to would you do that to your employees? Would you only reward your employees once a year with mm-hmm. any kind of recognition? Absolutely not. Employee recognition is a really overlooked kind of a field, but it's hugely overlooked in volunteers. They need the feedback Boy, we're back to that communication where they need the feedback all the time that they are doing, they are helping you. Remember, they're there to help you. Thank you very much. That was a great thing that you did. Or, you know, um, ask your other paid staff. You know, part of the problem, I think, is that people have one 
manager, you know, one person manages their volunteers and everything tends to go, you know, be on the shoulders of that one person. And generally it doesn't need to be. Maybe that one person can say, hey, to the rest of their paid staff, you know, members, we're going to reward you as an employee for, you know, once a week at least giving a volunteer an attaboy or a thank you or a pat on the back. There are ways to do this. And I think that those small gestures, you know, here's a, a piece of candy, thank you very much, or, or, right. or, or little things all the time are way better than any type of a big to-do on a very you know minimal basis. But I think that's mm-hmm. important for employees as well. Employee recognition is important. They need to understand not just that they're getting a paycheck, but that they're helping meet your organization's goals too. Unfortunately, we are kind of running low on time today. Do you have any final pieces of advice or suggestions that you'd like to share with our audience as it relates to managing volunteers? I would like to share one thing about becoming a volunteer, and Mm -hmm. that is for the people out there that are seeking jobs, volunteering can be a very important stepping stone to a job and that they should utilize, you know, volunteering. It doesn't mean you have to do, you know, just any old thing, but find something that you're interested in because it's a good resume builder to say, I went to this organization and created a Facebook page and got 500 people to like it. That's a skill that some employer may be interested in. So you can actually use that to build up your resume and to build up your skills. So that's a very good thing. From a management point of view, I think that it's important to tell managers out there that just because they're not paid doesn't mean that they're not important and that you must get some help from your HR, again, from your HR people, from your employment people. Get some help from the people that are managing your paid staff to help you manage. Don't just throw it off on you know, the operations director, because this is part of operations. Get some help from people that know how to manage other people. Well, there you have it, everyone. But unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for today on Management Decisions. So I just want to thank Joan for joining us and sharing her expert advice. We really do appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk with us today, Joan. Thank you very much for having me. Um, it's always a pleasure to help other people in this type of a field. Now, to find more employment-related shows, simply head over to aljanradio.com. And if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, send me an email at aljanradio at localjobnetwork.com. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I'll see you next time.